0: And whining and script-
1: scratching and, and, it and, it pause. Pause and nothing helps. Um, hey, F- what F- up, welcome to our next Scratch session. Um, today we have a special guest uh, from Germany. We are really happy to welcome uh, Manuel from Leaf Audio. Hey Manu, nice to see you via Zoom or Google. And maybe you can introduce yourself, what you're doing. Yeah, that will be nice.
2: Yeah, I'm Manu, uh, founder of Leap Audio. And um, I'm a musician since ages. Um, I started with playing drums in 84. And in the 90s, I crossed drums and electronics. And then by the end of the 90s, I got into experimental music. And um, at this point, I was um, getting into contact microphones. And um, in Germany, you call it Körperschall, like uh, picking up the sound from materials, etc. This was part of my journey uh, to go away from defined sounds, presets, etc., really into unique, own material, and I found um, that um, when I did this, it seemed like I have I have a better vision of the sound, where it starts, what's the dimension of the sound, what's the limitation, etc. How to move inside the sound. And one of my first songs, for example, was I was taking a record player and putting um, the needle on cardboard and then on sandpaper. After Ooh. that, it, it made its sound <laughs> for ten minutes, and then it was fucked up, of course. <laughs> yeah. And from this uh, from t- this session, I was making one of my first songs with this experimental project.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, from the same era comes the idea of the of the microphonic soundbox, which is now our main product. Mm-hmm. And, and it was basically a, a simple woodblock. I was just looking on my computer, if I find uh, an old picture or so, but couldn't find it, um, yeah. I could present it then. Yeah, let's see. It, it was only uh, a wood block with a contact microphone and some materials like sandpaper, etc., and metal rods. Yeah. And then uh, by 2008, I was quitting my day job and uh, just went into music. That was all I knew. I wanted to do something full-time with music. And uh, sound design was my idea, but what I didn't know was that in sound design, 90% is contacts and 10% is uh, creating sounds Mm -hmm. and music, etc. Maybe a bit different, but if you have no contacts, it doesn't work. But by accident, I stumbled across doing workshops. And... um, I stuck to it, I just did it, went on, and over the next 10 years, then I created this Leaf Audio uh, workshop series with DIY synths, etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then in the end, I thought, let's do an analog DIY kit. Mm-hmm. Let's take my idea of a woodblock and uh, just finish it as a product. Mm-hmm. Just develop it completely through, make it as good as we can do it and make it as affordable as possible.
0: Mm.
2: And then we did it. Uh, only maybe 5% wanted it as DIY, the rest wanted it to be assembled. It's
3: ready-made, mm. yeah.
2: And then, yeah, boom, there was it. Two three years ago. And um, mm-hmm. meanwhile, the demand is so high. Uh, we have more and more retailers who, who want to sell it and it's still handmade, and it's not possible to do it in a different way, mm-hmm. because you have also to sound check them individually, and mm-hmm. to, uh, to see, is this good enough to sell it or not?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's wood is a nature material, so it varies. Mm-hmm. The electronic is not a problem, it's more the wood, and the assembling uh, procedure, etc. Yeah, and um, parallel to this, in 2016, we opened a DIY shop uh, called Exploding Shed, which is, uh, I think, Germany's biggest DIY shop now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the idea to open a shop came from the workshops, of course, because the people asked, hey, can we get your kids somewhere on mm-hmm. the Internet? And this was, mm-hmm. of course, was not possible because also of legal situation with manufacturing electronics. And so mm. there are laws about this and you have to do this and that. Mm. But at one point we thought, maybe let's do it now. Maybe it's the right time. Let's try it. And then we started and now it's 2021. Uh, Leaf Audio is no, no studio anymore or not so much uh, more known as a manufacturer. And Exploding Shed is known as a shop. Mm. And uh, that's the thing. And we're busy with a small team every day. Mm. Yep. And, and the dream cool. and the dream came true,
1: right? So living from making music or um, inventing things and stuff like that, that's it's pretty cool. You're also host of the um, uh, Do It Yourself uh, workshop at Superbooth, right? Superbooth is one of the most probably the most important um, exhibition for modular systems. Is, is this right? Can it be considered? Yeah, funny yes. Um,
2: yeah. I like um, Andreas Schneider a lot and mm. his approach yeah. to doing a fair. Yeah. You know, on a normal fair, you have all these high-tech, beautifully printed banners and all the shit, you know, perfect lights and blah, blah. Yeah. And he just doesn't care about it. He just says, hey, I have an idea. Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, they go with a super small team. They, every year, they realize this thing, which is quite influential. Meanwhile, and all, mm. all the, the big players are there too. And uh, yes, and uh, since the beginning, basically, uh, we or since the second time, uh, we have this uh, workshop area, do-it-yourself workshop area, and mm. I'm uh, I'm organizing. The workshop area no? yeah,
3: yeah yeah so there's a workshop inside the fair basically where you can assemble right. things
2: you can book your tickets and different uh different companies who do diy they um mm-hmm. they offer workshops and you know i'm compiling this together putting the program
3: together mm-hmm.
0: and cool yeah and this we'll, is well, well put a
3: link on the video i guess to, to the super good yeah. sounds really interesting yeah, yeah. um I, I have a question right away on, on what you kind of described, so w- where you came from. Uh, so thanks for that, by the way. Really really, really cool to, to hear. Um, but you mentioned some of the, the legal issues around um, you know basically manufacturing the thing. So did I understand correctly that now at Exploding Shed you can buy the components? And then is the idea that you sort of put it together yourself? Because you also mentioned that only 5% is okay with having a kit and the rest wants it to have it assembled. Could you talk a little bit about that? So So I didn't quite understand now are you selling the parts only, or mm. are you helping people to put it together, or, or can they buy the actual device at
2: um, Yeah, the um, there is a company lying under Exploding Shed and Leaf Audio, which brings it all together. Nobody knows the name of the company, but uh, sure. it's not important. But this company acts uh, as, a, as the base to move all these things forward, to pay all the bills, to buy all the materials, to... Mm-hmm deal with all the legal issues, etc. Mm. And Exploring Shed is basically buying and reselling do-it-yourself kits from all over the world. Yeah. And um, as we are introducing electronics into the German and European market, we have to deal with uh, the electronic waste uh, law mm. and this kind of mm. shit. Yeah. And there's even more stuff, meanwhile, with uh, packaging and so on. So it's getting more and more complicated, but uh, if you want to do this business, you have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leaf Audio, yeah, in the same, basically the same people are building the sound boxes, which is not available as a kit anymore, because uh, two less people wanted it to be a kit. Yeah. Um, so it means we are pro- also the production side mm-hmm. uh, yeah of the sound box and dealing with all the material. The brand is EVE Audio then, yeah. but um, um, the same core company is dealing mm-hmm. with it.
3: Okay, so basically, if I correctly, uh, there is some some things you need to handle in the paperwork, uh, legal issues, which is being done. Then Exploding Shed, there's a couple of guys there who are actually assembling these devices based on components you buy from, from Leaf Audio and then consumers can buy you know these, these products basically ready-made even though they're, they're, they're made by hand and, and tested from what I'm no, yeah, yeah, right.
0: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. doing.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool or at least really interesting for us because um, just for your information this is our prototype, it's the I.O. controller Mm-hmm. Um, the, the design is based on the turntable and the mixer. So you have these two components where you use some gestures which are actually based in, in scratching. And what we do with, with this controller is to actually modulate parameters in, in da you know, effects, um, uh, frequencies and, and stuff like this. And yeah, we are so interested in, in your journey as, as a company S- especially due to all the certifications and restrictions and waste, shizzle and nizzle, you know, it's you, you need actually a special lawyer who just take care about all this and we try to find ways to uh, find the best option for us. And that's yep. why your your knowledge is it's really valuable for us at, at this stage. And yeah. uh,
2: One question. Mm-hmm. Is this online somewhere? Are we just for people or is it? Uh...
1: This this is on our, our aim is to to publish it on our YouTube channel, but we already introduced um, this concept as part of our, um, we made kind of like a introduction video about scratch. So about our vision, about our products. It's not just this device. We already uh, published some applications. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is, yeah, this is our next Big thing. Uh, we would like to start a Kickstarter campaign at beginning of of the next year, mm-hmm. and yeah. But like I said, we need some more infos, uh, a better understanding how it works, and maybe Bob.
3: Yeah. To, 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 to be clear, we, we're not we're not broadcast broadcasting now, but uh, we we do these videos all the time, and then we. Um, that we might edit them later on. So if you want to say something off the record that shouldn't go online, then okay, yeah. <laughs> please please yeah. indicate so. But <laughs> the idea is that if if nothing else goes wrong, we just basically um, we publish it at some point uh, or schedule it, and then uh, people can see it then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so like I said earlier, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm i really a big fan of the maker movement. Uh, you know, fab labs, uh, which were introduced by MIT uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also really fa- famous, or there there's some here in in um, in Finland as well, mm-hmm. um, and even I don't know how it's in other countries. I think in Netherlands they have the same thing, and in Germany possibly as well. Yeah. But um, and also maybe in other countries where you have you know you could basically get three D printers access at at libraries and things like this. So it, it's pretty big. But what I've noticed uh, when I first started using you know laser cutters and and three D printers and stuff a couple of years back, is that. They're really great to kind of come up with, um, you know, prototypes and designs, so and you can you can download, you know, uh, models and stuff online. Um, but then from there to you know how do you actually get this to market? Mm. Uh, there's very little knowledge there. So even um, you know in, in these kind of environments where you have students who are doing uh, you know applied sciences and they are uh, creating stuff. Uh, in this kind of um, the fab lab is basically this uh, laboratory where you can do all kinds of stuff. They have CNC machines, right, and and 3D printers and and soldering irons. They can there's all kinds of creative guys there, but the knowledge of then going the next step that's that seems to be very very difficult to get. Yeah. Um, so so making a prototype nowadays yeah. is easy, which is great, I think. So you can have something which looks, or at least sort of looks the part, um, you know, and and people can assemble. Um, by themselves that's relatively easy to do even if you have very little knowledge of uh, you know uh, industrial design you know download a box on thingiverse and you print it or something so those things are i think great um but also what you mentioned earlier like five percent of people would be able to put it together themselves and the rest you know doesn't want to do that that's definitely something i recognize mm. um in, in 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 my own efforts at some point i also released a diy kit with just the parts and some pre-coded microchips and and nobody really bought that. It was, it's it's too much work. Mm. Um you know even if you can solder a little bit, it's very difficult to, to get into that uh, uh, building something yourself. Mm. So so um what we have done on our end, we kind of looked at okay, so what if we want to get something you know to market and actually made. So we get you know circuit boards printed somewhere, assembled, and then yes, that's something that's also becoming more easy. But then if you look at how do you get it into an enclosure and what kind of enclosure and who makes it an enc- enclosure and then what material would it be? Mm. The, 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 the barrier to kind of get in there, you know, even if you think about injection mold kind of uh, enclosures, for instance, that, that the, the setup costs are just so high, mm. you know, and that's, that's really, it's a challenge if you don't have any experience on that or if yeah. you don't know if your product is going to work. And that's where 3D printing is really great. So you just make 10 or you make 20 you know, and and you see, uh, yeah, what then? So if people start asking, if you get like hundreds of orders, you know, can you really make those yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of that, if you would do that, if you do it by hand, there's a lot of work. And then also the costs are high and you might not reach as big of an audience. So Mm -hmm. that's really, I think, challenging. And um, I mean, there's companies who are trying to fill that gap with like rapid prototyping and all that. But still there is... um, you know, as, as I think, there's a reason also why a lot of startups are not building hardware, but they're just rather making software or apps, because mm. that's easy to get into. I mean, software—you know—you need a computer, and that's basically it, right? You can you can develop, um, but hardware is hardware is always a
2: risk. You deal yeah. with uh, yeah, you deal with material, which can work or not, and then mm. you lose money. Uh, I don't know, kind of thing. I must say that um, my knowledge about Production, etc., is quite limited. Um, I have some experiences um, over the course of the the projects we did, but more not so much as an engineer, not as an electrical engineer, uh, not so much with materials production. or research of single components which you need and where you get them, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have more the position of bringing all these together. It's I'm a bit like the Mutti for Alice, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <a> Mutti, yeah. <laughs> Mutti is like mom, you know?
0: That, 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 mom. That's, a, that's a German word name. for
3: Jack of trades, isn't it?
0: I'm yeah. the
2: mom who, who brings <laughs> it all together somehow. And to, sure. yeah. uh, I like... I like to work with structures a little bit, you know, like uh, not to lose ourselves in uh, too much research or so, mm-hmm. but to keep sure. in mind we have a goal, we want to go there, how do we get there, mm-hmm. how do how can we realize it, which yeah. material is good enough, um, maybe yep. it's not 100% but uh, which material is okay and which we can finance and mm-hmm. these kind of mm-hmm. things. and um, yeah this is the view I have I would say mm-hmm. I, I don't want to pretend to be an engineer or to be uh, a yeah. Werkstofftechnik engineer you know who knows about all the materials and mm-hmm. shit it's, it's, this is not true and this is not my position yeah. Um, yeah. I always come from this more organizing thing with at the same time I'm a DIYer I'm a limited DIYer and then I'm a musician Mm. And then I can think myself into the position of a buyer who is buying the product
3: mm. and
2: yeah. what do I expect, you know, and somehow bring this shit together. Yeah, yeah. This is, I this mean, is yeah. my, my I view. think it's very
3: similar to how we operate also. So, I mean, yeah. we, we're no experts. I mean, I'm yeah. not an expert in any field. I'm I'm really kind of a generalist, but uh, I do understand how to, you know, bring things together. Um but and, and obviously, when you just start to think about, hey, how can we scale this, that's where sort of this, this, uh, we hit this barrier, right, like I just described. But for yeah. sure, I mean, yeah. um, there, there's a lot of things where you can just say, this is good enough. I mean, it's in a box, it works, it has buttons, it can power on, mm-hmm. people can use it. Uh, and, but, but, but like you say, also, you need to understand what the end user might expect. Mm-hmm. And that's also a challenge, because I think a lot of, uh, if you think about it from a business perspective, a lot of users are used to things looking a certain way. You know, well, you, well. you can buy you can buy I don't know right. a microphone amplifier mm-hmm. uh, for what fifteen euros on eBay, and it comes in a nice metal box with print on it, and 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 some lights and stuff. So the, the minimal sort of uh, quality level that people might expect, at least for, for the most part. So I'm not talking about you know musicians who are trying to uh, come up with innovative things. You know, working with um, you know, modular synths and they're okay with some wires hanging out of things and, and sort of connecting to them themselves. The majority of people, they expect a certain sort of way that things look, uh, you know, even before they start to say, Hey, I might even pay for this. Yeah. And that's, that, that's where it's difficult because this, um, you know, user uh, interface and
2: interface design, how to interact with the device. This is, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why there are interface designer. Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah, um, Yes, that's, that's and, and but here I think you can you can back borrow and steal, right? So you can look at other things. How are they working? And you and should other...
2: because you you yeah. have to compete with with that stuff. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And, it's and on uh, the one
3: hand uh, that that's that's very true, and on the other hand, it also stops innovation somewhat, and and that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have it, to find it, this other thing. Mm.
2: Yeah, if you yeah. only want to please people, then you have the 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 top thirty music, you know. It's always the same shit. Every song is the same. Yeah. So every song is like, wait, I heard this. I heard yeah, this five minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> the, the harmony yeah. and same stuff chords, like Same chords, the that. same harmonies, the same. Yeah. way of singing and blah, you know. I, and I yeah, think yeah. sound of it it's, it's, it's Innovation.
1: A, it's a great example because it's 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 not just in device. It's it's somehow also a, a connection between this rudimentary. Uh, material, the way how, how the how it the, the haptic or how it works, mm. how you use it yeah. and then um the yeah the the connection to, to music technology you know which is just digitalism in a way and um, and that's I think that's that's really the USP of, of this device. And another thing this is my impression from, from modular um, the whole modular uh, scene is that you can do something with your hands you know it's not just clicking something in a digital yeah. audio workstation it's something really tactical uh, tactile tactile yeah, yeah. And, and haptic yeah, tactile, and stuff yeah. like that and, and this was also my impression when i was at super booth i mean there are thousands of different modular systems you know and i don't hear any difference <laughs> when i be honest yeah. but i think yeah really the scene that mm. you do something and like a researcher and blah 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 blah. I think that's another uh, fascination, which which is important for for a lot of musicians to go this direction.
3: Um, the, the, the I think is
4: kind of of also ego I was just saying I was going to back off uh, what Alex was saying in that there is a a new shift and uh, um, yeah. people are gravitating towards the concept of sounds that can't really be controlled. A synthesizer is a very controlled environment where you. are controlling you know a very specific rate of an lfo or a or of a, a moving wave but uh, people are moving more towards organic sounds that can't be controlled or have their own unique uh behaviors that uh, produce not random but uh, very unique kind yeah. of unique yeah. sonic you know sonic uh, uh,
1: are we getting some echo yeah some we echo. Have delay yeah. Uh, delay Manuel, did you turn on your your speakers or something?
2: Yeah, now it's uh, more silent again. Yeah,
1: okay. Is
4: no, it okay? Okay. okay.
1: Now it's okay. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Now no, it's better, yeah. All good. All good. But yeah, I think people are really finding a uh, a new love for organic sounds, things from nature, things like oh, yeah. impulses from from plants and and like yeah, yeah. Uh, Manuel's been experimenting with for a long time with contact microphones just exploring the the random nature of being able to touch two different materials together Mm -hmm. and see what the result is.
0: Yeah,
4: Yeah, for me it was was
2: kind of an eye-opener. When I realized, when I appreciate the uncontrollable and accept it, that it's not controllable, but I can still shape it, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. um, it opened up so much possibilities I couldn't have imagined before in my limitation and I think it's these these both. Um, You have to have a basic setup and concept where you can control things. You you have to be in control Mm -hmm. over things but to integrate these little things in your setup um, which just give a little bit of extra randomness and then you can shape it and integrate it. Mm. And yeah, I must yeah. say, I really like both. I don't like, and I don't see the the reason for pure modular music or so. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, you can do it if you like it. But for me, I absolutely don't see it. For me, it's always about the integration and the combination of different things.
3: Right. Mm. I, I like that. Like un- un- Except the uncontrollable. Except the uncontrollable. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's it's
1: also kind of like a meditation, or it's it's a mindset of someone who do, does some meditation. You know, when they say just let it flow, just let it flow. Don't I don't know? Don't force it. Don't force it. Just let it flow. It, everything will be positive. <laughs> it's somehow yeah. uh, relatable to music as well, in in, in this way. Yeah,
2: and um, sometimes I think you get really further and faster to a point when you use just a hardwescent. It goes so quickly that you lose yourself in all the possibilities no, that yeah. you can't yeah. keep them open all the time, but that's it's also part of my personal problem. I always try to control things or at least to a part, and when I, when i have a pure modular setup i cannot control all this it's not possible and then i hold myself back from making decisions and i think this procrastination is uh, this is a big issue for many people and many people who never who have uh, the finest equipment but they never will finish one fucking track you know exactly because they can't make decisions exactly. and this making a decision is today making a decision, and 25 years ago it was making a decision. You have to make your yeah. decision. And every In every minute you have to make a decision when you produce music. and mm. uh, yeah, All these possibilities, it's not always good, mm. I think, Definitely. To, to build, yeah, to build yeah. a modular, which is actually uh, um, uh, a music instrument, is really hard. Mm. I, I sure. To be honest, I didn't uh, Manage this to the actual date. So, mm. in the when I started with modular, mm. it was with Dufa, back in I don't know late 90s. I started with a modular recorder and from there, it went a bit bigger and a DIY case, etc., etc. And back then there was Dufa, so I had the choice between Dufa and Dufa, mm. and maybe I don't know, 30, 40 modules or so, mm. and my budget was super limited, but. I was very creative with these things and um, Uh the limitation actually when I look back was good for me. For me it was good. Now I want to have it all and I have so much and actually I don't know how to use it. And then meanwhile back then you had these in the beginning between analog and digital uh, modular synthesis you had these oh this is not analog. Analog sounds better. I want to have it analog. (laughs) And then Uh Somewhere it crossed the point. I never got this point,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but uh it crossed, and then you were able to put anything into one little box and mean you have the, the firmware problem that uh let's say 4MS is releasing a super crazy uh VCO, wavetable, whatever, and then you have firmware version four. All the button functionality is completely different from that which is on the pan- written on the panel. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, why don't they simply sell panels for the different firm- firmware versions? This is something I don't get. Um, you have mm-hmm. all this functionality, and if you buy a used system, or you know, your friend is playing modular, he dies. You get the system after he died. Yeah, you have a system, there's a VCO, but it it reacts like something totally different because actually the firmware says it is something different and you, you don't know right. what is this, you know. It's like uh, finding a hard drive in 250 years somewhere. Nobody will be able to encrypt the data. And um, yeah. yeah.
4: You make me think of the Expert Sleeper's Disting module, which is a very, this is small, a very small, small module which can be yeah. uploaded with... Uh, yeah. Over 60 different 60 functions. Different it can functions. be an oscillator. It can, it can be, be anything. It can be anything you like, anything it,
2: to you like it to be. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to make the decision. Now, oh, I want to buy this, install this function, and just forget about it, leave it. And
0: um,
2: mm-hmm. or you're totally into it and swapping firmers all the time. But this is too much for my brain. Actually, it's. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're unlucky, this also. I asked myself this thing with a disting for example. In the beginning it was like, oh wow, this can be anything. And it was one of the first modules which was like this. And yeah. then latest I don't see it very often in cases. And I asked myself why? And maybe the reason is that it's too undefined. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Uh, is there maybe maybe, what are you maybe everybody or? has it, but I don't see it. Possible. But because I think it is—it's a great tool, but um, you have to find a way between this.
4: It and perhaps how you make uh, uh, lends itself to those personalities for people who can't make a firm decision on what module they they want. You know,
2: which is basically at least I would say sixty percent of the modular scene.
4: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and like and so. My decision to get into modular, because I had a very limited budget, was to kind of get into the expert sleepers kind of stuff. But I got a, a, an interface which allowed my computer to generate the control voltages, and that way I can program my own virtual modules, and then they can talk to outboard gear. Perhaps when I go to a music studio with more modular equipment around. To be able to talk to to different instruments without having to collect 40 or 50 different modules and not be, you know, (laughs) completely satisfied with (laughs) the the arrangement or the sound. Oh, yeah, so cool.
2: So this is your integration, and this is what always is with you.
4: Yeah, it's my little lunchbox. Yeah. So basically, okay. this module here is an interface. It's a it's an audio interface with fourteen inputs, uh, eight outputs, and these are the expansion modules. So they can send triggers and
3: control voltage,
4: and it's all converted from just my
3: computer environment on my computer. Yeah. Uh, we're getting some. I was thinking about again. this. Uh, getting one of these from, from your setup, uh, yeah. Manu, So if you if you can mute, if you're not talking, that will work. If you if you are uh, having otherwise, uh, yeah. you can hear it.
1: Then. Because we have still this echo yeah. when when Nick, when, Nick's, when Nick speaking on. Yeah, so um, we, when,
3: yeah, when you're talking at yeah. but when we talk, we get this echo a little bit, so. you yeah.
2: yeah, I I can switch these uh, speaker off. Yeah, that would be cool. No, it should be back to normal. Let's see yeah. if this Hello. is better. No, let's, let's
3: yeah. testing, testing. No, it's better. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. No, a better. Better. No, little, little uh,
2: bit
1: uh,
0: blur, I, but it's okay.
3: I, I had a question around, um, so, so, kind of the the box, right? That Alex was just showing as well, which I think looks really great, and I I, I like that um, that sort of the inquisitiveness, if that's the word from it. So, so it it makes you want to touch it, like what does this do and in, mm-hmm. in things like that, right? So, um, which brings me to the question, um, we, at Scratch, we've been uh, thinking about this a lot in, in all kinds of ways, uh, but how, how do, let's say, especially young people, but even people in general, how do they, uh, you know, interact with, with things to be creative for music, but also for visuals? Yeah. Um, which, which brought us to the sort of the notion of how do... Uh, nowadays, so, I mean, I was in, in, in high school like years ago, right? I'm now 44. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I mean, my daughter uh, plays piano and guitar. Uh, and she has had lessons for that, right? So they, they still learn music theory and then they practice and stuff. But um, I think for a lot of people, you know, music theory is maybe too far. They just want to make some kind of music or make them, they, they want to make something which sounds nice. Um, and uh, kind of our approach has been also, or we've been trying to think about, I should say, can we make some kind of uh, controller or hardware um, or, or, or software as well that will sort of uh, engage people to be creative. So basically the idea of you touch it and it does something which you didn't expect. So which you just mentioned earlier about this accept the uncontrollable in a way. Uh, so it, it it creates some kind of randomness, but it also uh, it always sounds good. So so there's ways you can kind of cheat the system by you know um, uh, having certain settings and then uh, lining it up so with chords and and scales and stuff that whatever you touch it will sound okay and it won't sound out of tune. Uh, and you can do the same maybe with with colors and things like this. Um, mm-hmm. So my, my question maybe, having said that. Um, ha- ha- Is your kind of clientele who is using your your product, is it also in education or is it only let's say these um, people who create music and they already have it? They can already play keyboard, they can already play drums or or is it both maybe? Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I think it's a bit of everything. Um, I would say mostly it is people who have any kind of setup where they can integrate it because the idea of the instrument is that the instrument itself the soundbox itself is only one part of your of the actual instrument the other half is where do you go through with it you know your kind of um, processing chain might it be uh, uh, modular, or computer-based, or whatever, whatever. And there are all kinds of people. It's used for theater, for example, or Neue Musik, uh, mm-hmm. where people more directly touch it, mm-hmm. add the thing quite dry, what they want to add to the existing music. Or there are sound designers who um, who use it as an input device, mm-hmm. or. Yeah wherever they might go to then, And this is the actual idea of the instrument. We tried, I mean, it looks like a a wood box. And yes, it is a wood box and an amplifier. And the amplifier is the the core of the thing. Um, It's really, really low noise. You have 40 dB of amplification. Uh, No noise. And what one thing... In the Mark One version, we had an issue with the power circuit, and the power circuit introduced some noise yep. in ab- above the hearing range, you know, or, I don't know, 15k or so,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a bit higher. But then, if you pitch down um, the sound, like a mm-hmm. sound kind of does, yeah. by pitching down a sound one octave, the frequency is half, you know, and then something is at 20k or so then by two octaves we have it at 10k and then 5k and then it's in the hearing range at audible noise and we had this kind of issue in the first version and then right. um, our developer Hagen um, he came up with an idea how we can avoid this kind of thing and now if you sample the sound box at 192 kilohertz for example and you, you touch it and you watch it on a, on a spectrometer, mm-hmm. you can see the frequencies. There's no dead silent above oh, the wow. hearing range, you know, and you can sample it at higher sampling rates and then pitch it down by several octaves, and no shit will be introduced in the hearing range. And for example, one thing I noticed is for many gadgets like the cork Volkers, etc. there's massive shit going on. If you watch these kind of devices, you um, on the spectrometer you see there's shit going on above the hearing range or at the short before 20k or so. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, It's super dirty material in the end, you know, and it sounds good as it is, but in a production for example, uh, I was producing an album and there were several live tracks with court workers. And I, I realized the sound sounds were relatively silent, but my compressor, which was on the channel, was reacting all the time. And mm-hmm. so I said, What's yeah. going on? I have to check the spectrum. And then it's a ghost. I checked the spectrum, and I saw this you know, if it's if you see my picture, and mm-hmm. I had this spike here in the end, short before right. the end, uh, yeah, crazy, and uh. Many devices have this kind of problem, and uh, we were able to get rid of this thing. So it's a bit more like just a wood box with springs, etc. Sure, uh, sure, It's a high-quality uh, input device for um, how you call it, show, you know, um, music yeah, kind of contact. Contact mic sounds,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, at least the best quality we could do for this kind of money. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. And sound designers always realize that when they hear the amps, they ask, uh, "Oh, can we buy the amp? Only the amp?" You know, because they realize the quality of mm-hmm. the amp. Because if you um, if you connect, uh, I, I made tests with contact mics uh, connecting to my RME interface Mm -hmm. and this is not it is way less good than when I'm going through the Soundbox amp because the Soundbox amp is impedance matched to the contact mic and it just can flow into it, you have the high end, you have the low end, everything is there the crispiness and uh, then you have a very strong signal which goes into your system and this is something uh, sound designers are they, they can hear it, because this is their job for the time. and um, yeah It's an input device, in the end. It's an instrument, or it's in its own right, but at the same time, it's just an input device. And then do whatever you want.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Do, do, do you plan um, some other versions of the soundbox? So, I mean, um, in terms of this little tools here, or did you incorporate some other gestures to, to play with it? Is this something you, you have in mind, or is it... Yes, you we are planning it? a
2: new version for uh, next year, but mm-hmm. um, we didn't find the time to really engineer it mm-hmm. and work on it. We had so many mm-hmm. projects going now. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yes, that's all I can say. But... Uh, one thing I also can say is the n- the new version will not make the old version obsolete, mm. um, because not everybody will will need the new features, mm, yeah, and so. it will be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will keep this as two different parallel strings mm. going. You know, another go
1: line. yeah. Another question: Are there any other business cases or another target group than the regular? A uh, sound designer, music producer. I mean, in this regard, I don't know. Did you get some some uh, requests from from art installations, from I don't know, theatres, m- museums, stuff like that? Is it something which is? Um,
2: yeah. No, it's mostly um, musicians, music producers, sound designers, um, theater, mm. ballet, etc. This kind of thing. Mm. Oh, one guy from from New York who was. He was the sound designer of a horror musical mm-hmm. and he was, right. he was doing live sound with that and so on. And that's, so that's it's nice how, yeah. Yeah. how differently people use it. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah. It was in cinema, German TV, etc., mm-hmm. you know, sound designers who, who work for German uh, cinema and uh, TV productions mm-hmm. and so on. It's okay. very nice. That means that um, that
1: just one thing uh, that the acoustic result is really so unique that you just can use this um, instrument or could you actually also uh, create it via daY using some I don't know some other plugins or try to imitate it uh, sound wise or
2: yeah you can do it in, in different ways and mm. we, we did not invent to put a contact microphone somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. This is not our invention to mm-hmm. make this kind of sound. But we okay. put everything together as good as we could, and mm-hmm. as affordable as we could, into one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what makes it unique. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's one thing you spoke about, are there different uh, areas where this could be introduced, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I see something more of this educational area. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, since a while, we have the idea for a device, which is basically the same core idea, but in a different in different losses and uh, cheaper, more for the um, educational field with kids, youth, etc. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, this is something we we want to work on for the future, definitely, and. I think we have some connections and possibilities where we could do this kind of workshops by ourselves and offer it by ourselves. Um, also, Superbooth, for example, is going more and more into education with uh, schools, yeah. etc., to future, yeah. make them aware of this kind of instruments yeah. which are shown there. Um, yeah, this is a field I. I can, I can imagine I would like to see to happen uh, because my also my former job was to be an educator. And um, mm-hmm. I still have knowledge and I still have this thinking and uh, I like to work with people, etc. You know, yep. When, yep. when they realize something awesome for the first time and then it's, wow, what's this? You know, it's a nice mm-hmm. moment to see and to... Yeah, take people in the hand and just move them through it. And yeah, yeah.
3: Sure. Yeah, I think we the have device, similar notions there. Yeah, definitely.
4: Lego yeah, definitely. I was just about to say that the, the device, uh, just by its very nature and its design, really uh, invites curiosity. You know, it invites people yes, to, yeah, exactly. to literally play with it and play yeah. it like an instrument. Yeah, and I think that's a very beautiful concept. Yeah. Rather than something very intimidating, covered in knobs and buttons and sliders and readouts
0: yeah. and yeah.
4: screens, this is yeah. a very raw tactile object that
0: yeah. you're know, right. you yeah.
4: to interact with it. Exactly.
2: You touch it, and then something something happens. Yeah.
4: That's one of the very first learning experiences for a child: is the cause and effect of just you, know, you touch and you get yeah. a response.
1: Definitely. And, and you know, I do a lot of workshops also with kids and stuff like that. And despite all the theory, you know, the most important fact for a workshop is just put your hands on. It. Don't talk. No. Just put your hands on. Let the kids doing what they want to do. And just device, does, yeah. you know, it introduced yourself for doing something with it. And yeah, and this is also our aim with the IO controller. Touch it and something happens, you know, and then just let it flow. Be creative and. This is it. So um, yeah, I think this is was a great talk. We are uh, we have really one hour done. Um, Manu, thank you so much for all your input. Um, it's a pleasure as always. I mean, we definitely will see us at the Sample Music Festival someday when everything um, turns out positive in terms of COVID and stuff. And yeah.
2: I hope it uh, it goes on. Yeah. And, uh, Definitely. Let's see. It, the it, winter will be very interesting for us. Or it, it will be. Um, we're all on the same boat, man.
3: Exactly, really? exactly, Yeah, man. that's true. Okay. I hey, will link all the stuff below the video uh, Super Booth, you guys' website, uh, that exploding shed, all of that. So let's make sure we get those details and put them below. Yeah, um, yeah I can I send th- you
2: some links and I can send you uh, a picture of the original sound box. I found it now.
3: Yeah. Nice. Uh, awesome. We'll put it in the video somewhere as well. Though. Yeah. That would be cool to, to see, and definitely let's be in touch in the future. I mean, I think there's a yeah. lot of kind of areas where uh, we have similar ideas and thoughts and stuff, and uh, it's uh, it's um, hopefully going to be exciting for us also in the next uh, you know a couple of years. Uh, but who knows what the world will look like, right? With with yeah. COVID and stuff, that's uh, it's a big yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's annoying, but it is what it is. Well, we go on. Okay. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Okay. Hey, thanks very much. Thank you so
2: much. Have a nice day. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye.